Hello everyone, welcome back. It's It's Her Game and my name is Dominika Schott. So we're here again to discuss um, the roles within the industry uh, from the female perspective. And today I'm super happy to uh, welcome Alexandra Rutkowska, who is currently technical artist at PUBG. And prior to that, she was working at CD Projekt Red and Ubisoft Reflections. Um, to me, it sounds exciting, but also a bit mysterious because Alexandra is a technical artist and the role is something I believe 90% of people have zero idea about. Five may pretend they know what it means and the rest are probably those who are working as technical artists. So I'm truly glad that Ola is here and uh, hello, tell us something about yourself. Ola, I'm super happy you're here with us. Hello, I'm very happy to be here as well. Uh, so as you know, my name is Alexander Rutkowska and I'm a technical artist. Uh, I used to work at uh, CD Projekt Red when my uh, game dev journey started and then I worked at Ubisoft Reflections and now I'm working in the Player Unknown Productions, which is a division of PUBG uh, now. And it's very exciting. Uh, yeah. Okay, that's great. Uh, and uh, I must start with the first question, uh, with this particular one, because I see contradictions already in the name of your role, you know. So which part is more dominant in the technical artist role, the technical or the artist? It's always both. Uh, there are <laughs> okay. two types uh, of technical artists. The, the ones that lean towards tech, the one with a capital T, and the one with a capital A, which leans more, more towards <laughs> art. But even if you're one that's more artistic, you still have to have a very broad technical knowledge to do that job. Um, we are basically a bridge in between uh, artists and uh, programmers, the tech division of game industry. Uh, so we that make artist's life easier. It's always a service position. You're always a support position. And it's uh, always nice to remember that, that we are there to help. That's a definitely important thing to remember, but it also sounds like you can uh, sometimes have to be like a diplomat between the, uh, the tech team and the artist team, right? Absolutely. Uh, like people and soft skills are crucial for this role to, uh, so you can make it uh, so you can fill your position uh, good and you make your uh, job uh, meaningful and impactful for the team uh, because you are there to uh, often uh, evangelize people, teach people about software, about features, about why you can or cannot do certain things uh, because game making games is very hard and not everyone... Uh, comes with a very strong technical background and art teams or uh, programmers don't really understand what the art is doing and what challenges they are facing. So we are the ones that will talk to both of them and like sometimes it's even to ease conflicts really. Yeah, definitely. So in your opinion, which way is uh, sometimes harder to, you know, evangelize to technical to art or art to technical? Oh, it really depends. It depends on the on the teams uh, and uh, like how much technical uh, people you have in your art team, and vice versa in in the programmers uh, division. It it really depends. There's no uh, 
like clear answer one to that. artist yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. one ar- answer sorry yeah so it's from the very beginning a lot on the plate you know technical skills artist um like understanding and aesthetics and on the top of that soft skills so kudos for you know combining all of those because <laughs> that's a really challenge yeah. And, you know, even though you explained to us a little bit, like, what is your role, and it really sounds super, uh, super challenging, can you give us an example of how a technical artist is involved in the um, game designing process, how you can support that, as you said? Mm-hmm. Uh, so as many roles in uh, game dev, it depends on the stage of the production. Uh, our responsibilities uh, responsibilities change. Uh, so, for example, in the pre-production, when uh, we are setting up a new level, the TR, uh, the technical artist, a TA, as we say it, uh, always says, is in the room in the meeting uh, to see what are the ideas, what is the game vision, what's the gameplay uh, director vision, what's the art director vision, and then we can have already in the plan on our head. Okay, this is what we'll have to do, or uh, okay, our engine doesn't do water yet, so we have to make water, for example. This is what the tech artist will do. Um, when there's, uh, for example, let's take this uh, Travis Scott event for um, for Fortnite. Uh, oh, I love this one. Great. Yeah, th- there was definitely a tech artist, it's probably a very senior one in that room when they were discussing <laughs> it, because it's uh, one of the hardest things to pull up because it's basically a VFX play- playground. <laughs> VFX Whoa. artist play- playground, which means it, uh, it was a challenge to actually pull it off and make it work. Because VFX are usually quite expensive <laughs> and okay. uh, very hard to uh, optimize because they um, the cost of them belongs uh, it's mainly be- belongs to where how they are placed um, and especially with something that you have three hundred uh, degree vision around that's gonna be very hard so uh, a role of technical artist in that meeting would be okay what do you want to do and making notes okay this is how i can fix the this is how i can solve that this is how we can do it uh what else do you need sometimes there will be question marks if we can actually do that and that also uh the amount of saying no in that meeting will be uh <laughs> uh depending on uh how long how long uh, of a time do you have to make that feature? <laughs> I understand. There, there would be much more no <laughs> when you have very short time because then you probably can't make new stuff. You have to reuse them. Uh, but if you have something like uh, months, then you can pull a lot off. So what the tech artists is also do from the visual part of this, uh, for example, shaders. There were this shader that the coat of the character at some point was like kind of burning, kind of disappearing. Mm-hmm. This is a shader that the tech artist could do or a VFX artist. This is where the roles could overlap. Uh, there were um, shaders of a holographic vision. So this is also something that the tech artist would do. Like on the dancers, there was a very nice holographic shader. Uh and especially like this whole um, thing with the character being very big all of a sudden, uh, this is <laughs> this is quite hard to pull off, uh, giving the rig and uh, how much you have to um, texture it and what kind of quality is going to be. So there was a, a lot of technical issues to solve, and they made it really great. So this is what we would do. <laughs> 
Okay, so yeah, that definitely sounds like, you know, you might have a bit of a tough time as a technical artist sometimes because that, like with all the no's that you said that you probably sometimes need to say to the team, there is a lot of confrontation, right? When it comes to, uh, to discussing because sometimes you just need to like stick to your, to your opinion and to try to, um, to convince people who have different vision of things. So, Uh, are the technical artists in general liked in the team? <laughs> uh, that depends. Uh, because we, we are often seen as basculars. <laughs> uh, that we kill all the fun. Uh, but, but we have to do that sometimes because it's still a game and you don't want it to be a slideshow, <laughs> as we call it. So it still has to run at least this 27 frames per second. Uh, so uh, what a good art technical artist would do will try to negotiate okay i can't give you that the whole world is going to burn for example but i can give you one room for example like you cannot run for 50 meters when everything is on fire but this room is gonna <laughs> or, but you have to say that it's gonna be very sparse of assets for example because of different reasons mm -hmm. depending on uh, what engine you're working on uh, mm -hmm. and there are certain situations like that for example someone wants a sea and in the storm and then you have to say okay but it's gonna be a barren uh, barren uh, beach and nothing in the in the distance because that's the the, the water costs gonna eat everything <laughs> <laughs> so you can have it but you cannot have everything this is um this is a part uh, of uh, game dev that's gonna Uh, that's kind of reoccurring with tech artists, uh, and of course that's why, like in productions like Rockstar does, uh, they very long stretches of time because all of to pull to get all of that features in one place as they do, that means a lot of work for a very long time to make it as, as performant and you can actually put it all together. This is wonderful to hear because, you know, people normally see what is like on the surface and, you know, the production takes two years or three years, and, but there is so, so many things going like under the water on the backstage, right? Absolutely. So much work. Absolutely. Uh, like one of my favorite uh, examples is how long... Uh, It takes for Gorilla team to make clouds for Horizon. It took a year and a half for Whoa. one feature for senior programmers. Why it, took, why it took so long? Why do you think uh, it took so oh, long? It's, it's raycast. It's it's because it's a uh, ray traced, mm -hmm. and uh, ray tracing is very simple, but it's very expensive. So the whole uh, difficulty of making ray tracing work, and this is how I w this is why are we seeing that ray tracing right now? Uh, so much in the games uh, because it's finally became like feasible to make but still you have to use so many very high high and low level optimizations to make that run like for example you're actually rendering like one fourth of the frame one fourth resolution and then upscaling it so it looks like it's Whoa. full resolution but it's really not so there is a lot of smokes and mirrors to actually make it work Whoa. That sounds really exciting. It is. And, yeah, <laughs> I can feel that you're excited just saying about that. So it, it's great. You're the right person in the right <laughs> place. You know, so many examples just uh, like of the of the sleep. So that that's great that you're you're telling us about that. I'm really super curious about this role. And you know, um, 
like listening to you, I can hear that you are passionate about what you're doing, but you know, you've started um, with the architecture study. So you were studying architecture and uh, that's the role like very much focused on the, mm, let's say the technical artist skills, but now you have a lot of um, responsibilities around interacting with people and like confronting them, negotiating, uh, like, do you feel comfortable with that? And like, from where the change occurred that you actually, you know, pursuing the career in this role? This is very like frontline role, <laughs> I'd say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, for me, it started. Um, I always had t- interest in games. Always since mm-hmm, I was four, mm-hmm. I was playing on my dad's mm-hmm. lap, and uh, <laughs> that's. Uh, I never knew how to make them because we don't have universities that do that in Poland. We, we recently have like a couple of schools that there occurred, but. No one knew how you make games, at least I didn't. Yeah. And then I've started seeing like uh, videos uh, of making off for the Witcher, for the first Witcher. And I was like, oh my God, someone makes them <laughs> in my country and they know how to do it. Oh my God. Okay, that's nice. Uh, and then when I went to architecture, because I always had this interest in maths and physics uh, mm-hmm. and science, uh, but I also could uh, draw really well. So I chose architecture, so it's kind of like a mix. Uh, mm-hmm. I wasn't really happy on my studies for the whole run of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. But when I was in the second year, we, started, uh, we finally started using the software that we could use. And um, there was 3D, and suddenly, okay, this is mm-hmm. how you make, this is like 3D like in the games. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so uh, I started doing 3D. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I started doing 3D uh, much more than I was doing architecture. <laughs> okay. So I'm one of those year, uh, those people that has a gap year between like graduation and actual, because I didn't graduate on my year, I graduated a year later because I was interested in, in doing 3D much more. Oh, you just, you know, found your way. That's actually even better than having a diploma in the right moment, right? So. Yeah, I, know, I don't I don't regret. It's just more to, to say to people that, like, your studies not... Yeah, and, they don't need to worry. Yeah, it, it doesn't need to... It doesn't depend on... Like, your future doesn't depend on it. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, then just I just started made it, making games. But uh, what architecture teaches you is to how to work with clients. Okay. Because you're never ex- uh, um, you're never designing for yourself. Well, maybe like once or twice in your lifetime, maybe, <laughs> yeah. and and that's about it. <laughs> and, and then you have to deal with people that probably don't really have a great great taste. <laughs> and then you kind of have to convince them, especially in Poland. It's very dif- very difficult. Oh yeah, we we have all those fan pages of you know very misfortunate architecture. Yes, yes, Polish architecture, the best fan page exactly. on, on Facebook. Um, yeah. <laughs> So uh, this is how what they teach you. Because always you work with um, with your teachers, and uh, and they always they often put themselves in a position. I'm your client, mm-hmm. so they can be fussy, and they can <laughs> be uh, like, no, nah, not this, not that, yeah, not mm-hmm. this. So you often have to be in a position that you have to convince your teacher. And I had that, that conversations once when teachers started from a very like, almost passive aggressive uh, stance with me, and I had to convince mm-hmm. that teacher that no 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 this is actually a great idea and after 15 minutes of talking it was like oh actually i get it now yeah, yeah. so uh, <laughs> so this is what you have to uh develop and this is what you kind of 
end up uh, after the finishing the studies, which is which is good. That's why they are very hard studies. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. I know a few people on architecture studies, and they are always, you know, saying me that some professors are mean or like their projects are not being accepted, and they are so perfect. And now, you know, you just explained that to me. Like the professors are actually acting as your future clients, so you kind of need to get used to that. Yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. And your your professors will sometimes act like your future art director because they have expectations. Because well, mm-hmm. they have the great visions. They they are directors for a reason. No one enters art director from the street, so uh, yeah. you have to meet that those requirements. And this is kind of where you what you do for those four to five years of studying architecture you deal with that yeah definitely that's actually really interesting because you've mapped some things that um were important during your studies and you managed to transfer those skills to the gaming world that's really a big thing i guess especially that you know not many people see this way after architecture studies that they can actually go into gaming right yeah yeah i don't think it uh, occurs to people that it can be actually uh, done but a lot of like skill sets that you get from architecture because they are very broad studies and in poland is one of the uh, i think one of the fewest countries that are actually accepting candidates only after they are do know how to draw because that's part of the <laughs> entrance exam that's unheard of in mm-hmm. britain for example uh so um they only teach you how to draw beforehand after af- after you actually go on the studies so you enter the this uh, um this environment with some skills and then you're just polishing them but you're broadening that skill set for example you only draw with pencil okay here is painting here is sculpting <laughs> here is uh, photography you know so uh you learn a don't lot. feel too confident right yeah yeah exactly <laughs> like you're never bored and uh, absolutely uh, one of the biggest things that you can learn is spatial composition mm-hmm. uh, one of the the greatest things you can learn in architecture and f- the perspective the actual uh, geometrically correct perspective that you that you learn mm-hmm. so for artists that's that's a great great base So you kind of see the application of those two things um, in the gaming uh, world in your position now, in your role? Yeah, definitely. Because uh, even I'm actually on that, uh, I lean towards to the capital E <laughs> of, of, mm-hmm. uh, into the artistic <laughs> side of it. Um, so you still deal a lot with like composition, like colors. Uh, is it like too much, too little? Um, all the color balances and, and things like that. Is it too noisy, for example? Uh, textile density styles like this so it always comes in handy if you like know stuff and like for example um, drawing is also great for critical thinking and logical thinking because you can draw your way how your flow of certain things will will go but this is what I do I always prototype on paper <laughs> But, that's great so I always draw something like I, or if I have like I get a bug in my shader. I don't know why it's, why it's good doing that. So draw it. And there's like, oh, okay, this is what it does. Um, so Whoa. drawing is one of the, uh, it, you don't have to be uh, Leonardo uh, in, in this, but it yeah. will definitely help you. You definitely need to send me one of those so we can, you know, <laughs> I'd love to see your like a creative process of how you're, you know, putting on paper that there is a bug in your shading. Like I, 
truly. I cons- like I consider myself to be a well kind of creative person. But once you're saying that, I just have you know a blank page on my in my head. How she's doing that? <laughs> so I'd love to. I'd love to see. Some that, people yeah. do it in um, like uh, in engines that have node-based uh, shading languages. Well, languages. Mm-hmm. Uh, packages that you can put the node and you can see the uh, directly the output what it's actually doing it has some um it, it's always based on uh, languages like hlsl or glsl uh, that i'm using uh, right now uh, so you can see if you if you can't uh, recognize like you can't r- imagine what a smooth step is gonna do uh, a function called smooth step is gonna do just plug it in and you see the output like oh okay yeah. this is what it does and after <laughs> <laughs> after like your uh after practice because again it's all practice there's no, yeah, no theor- there is a lot of theoretical work but mm-hmm. the, the practice makes me perfect and then you you know you you know what to think what to expect there's like okay i want to do that i want my mask to be sharper okay then i probably want a smooth step instead of a lerp for example and or, or a step probably better so this is uh this is what you would do and this is what i draw sometimes i, I draw graphs for example well that's yeah super yeah tell me about it tell me about it how you how you draw them like what the graph would represent actually. sometimes it's like uh, if i have to um what i do a lot is slurps uh so it's a linear interpolation so you go between one value to the other from zero to one let's say and you have a value that drives that uh between zero or one uh so example what uh what I would do sometimes if I test, okay, would the LERP work for that? Is uh, I put my little slider in the form of a graph. It's like, okay, what if I do this? Will it come to to, to the other value? What, what output will I get? Uh, because sometimes you, you have them so much, like so, um, like in the order of, of things, uh, sometimes you don't know which one is failing. So it's very good to like, just draw them. It's like, okay, like that. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So oh. there's a lot of that. And I, I know a lot of people that, uh, that draw or like write it down first and, and then they work out the problems like this rubber duck for programmers. I don't know if you're familiar with that. No, no, tell me more. But <laughs> so, like every like, there's a uh, the joke that every programmer should have a rubber duck on their desks. Uh huh. So you can sometimes <laughs> talk to that duck. You say your problem out loud, like, and you're just thinking out loud at this point. So you're just saying, okay, so this is why I do this and it doesn't work. And like, now why? And sometimes it is just i have this with my boyfriend just uh, he's a senior tech artist and i just okay i have this problem and i'm talking to him i'm talking i'm talking and then at the at the end i have an answer because <laughs> 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 i just said it out loud so this is Absolutely. this is this is how it works sometimes because you just have to get it out somewhere else <laughs> no totally totally i totally ad- uh, agree with that although i kind of skipped the rubber duck um <laughs> part and i'm just talking loud looking like creep you know yeah, <laughs> like, <really. yeah. laughs> but it works it, it totally works i i agree that's a great method yeah Yep. So, you know, it sounds like a super complicated role, to be honest. <laughs> and it's, I'm, yeah, it, I, yeah. it's complex, <laughs> but it's much fun. <laughs> 
Yeah, definitely, definitely. But you know, from what you're saying, it requires a lot of skills to be aligned in the same time, and the critical thinking on the top of that, and the confidence in your ideas. That really very complex uh, structure, very complex um, thing. And I don't want to discourage anyone. I just want to show that you know there are many faces of of this role, and that's what makes it so unique, I believe. And uh, you know. Like I, I think it might be like just my bet, but the demand on the market is probably super high for the art, the technical artists, because I don't know many people who just you know combine all the skills you're having. Yes, there is a constant demand for uh, TAs. Uh, absolutely, it's uh, one of probably the safest jobs to have, uh, to like careers to have, because you'll always find somewhere, uh, your place somewhere. Uh, we are needed. We are a rare breed, as you said. And there is a high demand, especially for the ones that have experience, like shipped one, two, three titles, and uh, are still in the industry because that's um, it's a bit of a problem of game industry that um, an average uh, time of your game dev career is seven years, and, okay. and then people just they are burned out or just no want don't want to do it anymore and you have to remember that games pay a little less than like software development and people just uh, switch to that uh, so there is a fair like the pool of people that have a lot of uh, a lot of years of experience is actually very small and given that the tech artists are very few and rare to come in, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. to come to uh, that's even harder to find them and how many years you are now in the industry? Only five. Only <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so how do you actually cope with, you know, the, the burnout? Because you've been designing, uh, like, m- games from different, different genre and working on, um, on multiple projects. But as you said, like, on average is like seven years because people are stressed, you know, underpaid or, uh, they just, uh, yeah, they just too focused on on one project, etc. So, what's your like method for coping with that? Uh, I learned how to dissociate myself from my work and have find that work and life balance, and uh, find a company that actually allows you to do that uh, as well. Because uh, you can do that for some time, but uh, it will catch you uh, probably at some point of your career and uh, it's good to find the team that will be supportive when it happened so uh, I had that episode and my team was very supportive uh, when I had to take time off to uh, to, to deal with that burnout and uh, it was great uh, the support that I got and uh, what helps you to have uh, that your whole life is not just games, to have some hobbies that are offline? I have plants, for example, and I have dogs. But <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it just allows <laughs> you to be not in front of a screen of that whole time and not be um, ve- so obsessive about it. Because my role means that I'll have to be obsessive because I need to know what are pe- other people are doing, what's new, what what's getting out there. Uh, it's part of that it's part of being in games industry because it's constant learning and uh, it's uh, you have to remember that you need to step back uh, quite often yeah <laughs> yeah I, I think what you're saying is very important especially that you know m- majority of the people who um, are working in the industry are those who truly love 
playing games and they love games. So you become emotionally attached to what you're working on because you want to bring the same joy you've once received yourself. And this is a lot of pressure. Yes, absolutely. And uh, just as you said, because we were working on something we love, it's it's mm-hmm. like raising a kid. And uh, yeah. sometimes uh, production uh, in production cycles, there's sometimes that work that has been done that you put a lot of effort in and then never ends up in the game. Uh, so this is something you'll have to uh, deal with. This is something that also like, architecture teaches you because you go through the like pre-production, like the first sketches stages. You can go for weeks because you're prom- your a teacher says nah, 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 mm-hmm. nah, <laughs> and you throw away a lot of work. And I think it's important to have that kind of uh, attitude that it's not part of your heart. Definitely. It's super important what you've said also about the, having the offline hobby and the fact that you actually had the burn burnout, even though you're like five years. Yeah, so only. probably, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, so probably the first years were like, uh, that's my assumption, correct me if I'm wrong, but were super emotional for you that you really wanted to give like your best and probably the life balance wasn't that uh, obvious from the very beginning once you started right yeah this is something you also learn with age and uh, you just get wiser and uh, you can uh, you also get more mature towards uh, what you're doing who you're working with and uh, how do you work like your your work ethics and I think uh, this is something you're actually uh, have to work through it's not you can't really learn that because uh, throwing especially like from polish universities and universities in general they're very academic and then when you put in a like actual work uh, environment it's very different uh, so i think it's a shock for everyone from, who goes from like uh, university to to the first job uh, Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, definitely. This is like, you know, you're hitting the reality. It's not like yeah. a gentle step into the, you know, professional life. Right. It's just like new universe, new new dimension, right? Of dealing with, with things. So yeah, Absolutely. definitely. Yeah, it's just reality hitting your heart with a chair in your face. <laughs> exactly. Uh, exactly. So. 100%. And, you know, you've mentioned also um, about the things that... Um, that you can do that doesn't end that don't end up being um on the game so um do you remember like the first time that something like that happened to you or um like do you remember the first time you actually felt that your work was like wasted you know and how how did you feel then and what actually was the thing that helped you you know deal with that was it the, the step back and saying oh okay so you know uh, the next one will be and we're working toward the same goal how, how did it look like for you um for me it actually happens quite rarely uh, mm-hmm. because i either that's good that's great that, that's great <laughs> but i um I know that the fellow people that I worked with at some point, we had to switch like production and they were not taking that e- this easy. And this mm-hmm. is why I mentioned it. Uh, for TAs, it's actually quite rare to, uh, to throw away the work that they did because just uh, making a feature for TA is sometimes two months. So, and we usually work on something that's um, either very, uh, co- very core to the game, like mm-hmm. set clouds, for example. Uh, mm-hmm. or uh, something that's specific for a level 
Uh, and that's uh, like uh, a big thing that our direction wants and it's like a big thing that everything revolves around. So you usually don't uh, take off the, ho- the whole... Yeah. Uh, but like there is this um, story about cutting off the story uh, from Destiny 2 that they cut it the week before the release or something, like very, very short. So uh, yeah, that happens. They have yeah, to be preferred, <laughs> prepared for that. Absolutely. No, that's that's great that you've also shared that uh, because, you know, um, it may look like everyone has the, an- the right answer, but sometimes it's just, you know, worth asking and uh, checking and stepping back, uh, admitting that you might need the consulting from someone or help and just, you know, be the team, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like um, all my work is like consulting with... Uh, um, lead programmer uh, graphics programmer recently because like i have like ideas okay this will be cool to do and this is how i would do it but sometimes he's like yeah but how about you'd make it this way uh, just because he has much more years of experience on than me and he knows he is a graphics programmer so of course he has much broader uh, technical knowledge than i do so uh it's it's always great to work with someone that you can learn from Definitely. And like from your perspective, because um, your background is in architecture, uh, but what other um, courses, what other paths can actually lead to the technical artist role? What what do you think? Which studies can help you in that? Definitely mathematics uh, with the uh, focus on vector math. This is what you will do every day. This is what you will use every day. uh, what else? Uh, definitely computer science, uh, something that you'll uh, learn the rendering pipeline, um, uh, as well like graphic design. Sometimes they also have some uh, technical knowledge about like, okay, how is stuff being actually drawn on the screen? Um, uh, any uh, artistic uh, studies would also help if you have that drive to like learn how to code in your own time because the resources are out there. Thank you, YouTube. Um, yeah, <laughs> it used to uh, ten years ago before YouTube in Poland. It wasn't that easy, wasn't it? So uh, now there's uh, stuff out there. Mm, so yeah. Architecture, I can say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Plus, uh, yeah, in the West, in like countries like Belgium or um, Netherlands, there are what two of the best schools for TAs that you can go to. Oh. And uh, there's a DEA in uh, Kortrijk in Belgium, and there's a one in Breda in the mm-hmm. Netherlands. And uh, I know alumni from there, and uh, they're great. Mm. <laughs> I think awesome. yeah, principal uh, tech artists from Rockstar is, is alumni from there. So that Whoa. means something. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good uh, seal of approval. You know? yeah. <laughs> that's something that can definitely serve as a perfect ad. And, you know, um, once you're saying about Israel, it sounds um, uh, quite complex. It's, you know, very much sought after on the market and it, just sounds like you know a constant um, adventure and very interesting path to explore and the very solid uh, choice in um, gaming industry as well but from your perspective was it hard for you to uh, you know tell to your family for example that you know you were studying architecture and then yeah I'm going into this whole gaming business (laughs) (laughs) I'm uh, lucky enough to have my mom uh, who is a teacher 
and she knows that uh, education is not everything. And uh, she knows that, okay, as long as you're happy and you can pay for your bread, do whatever. And so uh, she also supported me a lot because I went to, uh, I found the school that uh, uh, was teaching 3D and animation and was in Warsaw and it's a very expensive one. And uh, she supported me for for a couple, for like six, seven months in in doing that. Uh, Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah. Definitely, I never felt like I'm pursuing something that nobody understands why I'm doing this. Uh, so uh, I was lucky enough. <laughs> Definitely, that's uh, that's great to hear because you know you're passionate. That would be such a waste for the industry not to have you here. So it's <laughs> great that you had support of your family. Wonderful to hear that. And you know, so uh, speaking of uh, your experience and support and the way you perceive your work, um, what is actually what what do you like the most about your role? Uh, I love making features that are very pretty and performant. There's nothing. <laughs> there's nothing better that you get approval from your uh, art director and you're from graphics programmer when you run your end site and you're profiling everything and you just see the numbers and it's like yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, once more. Yes, it's like oh great. And uh, <laughs> the same goes for bug fixing. I'm one of those people that are just like can click you know fixed in, in the bug tracking software. I'm like yeah. Another one. Yes. <laughs> yeah, industry needs people like you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, you know, it's just like something works and it's just like, oh, finally. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not referring to anything in particular, but we need you. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> that, that's great. That's great to hear. And it's funny because it's like two different things, uh, not different, they are of course related, but you know, from the creation to fi- making something better, uh, that even shows how broad your real role can be, right? That you are, you are at every level of game design, actually. Yeah. And we are very important also for the final stage of production, which is uh, optimizing and profiling. The, uh, the, the tech artists go into the levels and they go with their profilers and uh, they gather the data and they use that data to see okay we have a drop here why is it why did it happen and we're making reports for example for artists working on set level and like look in this place we have like we have drops this is this is why this is what you have to do to improve that and then you come back after a couple of days let's say a week and you see it's fixed or you have to uh, work with them some more because they can sometimes they don't get it or like what can i what exactly do i have to remove and you work together and uh, that's also a big part of being a ta that you're a support role you're supporting artists you're supporting programmers and you have to remember that you're also there to help people Mm-hmm. That's that's uh, important what you said because I I think it can be quite easy to fall into the per, um, not perception but the feeling uh, the presumption about your role that you are in charge of creating something you know and maybe you can you want to superimpose your vision on something and you kind of need to bridge two visions with your best understanding that can be challenging as well I guess. Yes, yes, but you always work with the vision of the creative directors, and uh, you always give your some uh, some of your creativity in this. Uh, but you always have to uh, be aware that uh, you're in a bigger picture. They're just one of the parts. 
Yeah. And so you've mentioned um, working with uh, creative directors, with lead programmers, with uh, many people in the in the company. So um, can you tell us, um, well, in short, how your day, what does your day typically look like? Um, so let's say I'm starting, that's my day that I'm starting a feature. Because if it's a, a day that I'm continuing my work on the feature, that's probably, uh, that's all I do all day with okay. uh, some uh, firefighting. Uh, let's say ah, uh, oh yeah. <laughs> build doesn't work and it's apparently because of the artist's change lists. And then you go, okay, so what? did happen and you go with them and you check okay this is what happened let me fix it uh so or any other technical issue that you're a little bit like a help desk for artists so uh you can have days that you are not on your desk at all because you're at someone else's desks all day Sometimes it happens. But uh, let's say if it's a day that I'm starting a feature, then I talk first with the art direction. Then I talk with my, and my art lead. Uh, I talk to production so they know how long will it take me, what I'm doing. Uh, then I'll probably like uh, do a research or e- even if I either have already a, um, an idea how to do that or I have to do some research. It will take me... Two hours can take me a couple of days, depending on what I have to make. And then I schedule an appointment with a graphics programmer after I have like a vision. Okay, this is how I want to do this. I present him the idea and he says, okay, yeah, that's good. Or he says, uh, how about we do it this way? And then I proceed and then I start producing. <laughs> so... Yeah, that sounds uh, complex. That's for sure. <laughs> and I know that I use this word. I use this word probably like uh, some unhealthy uh, number of times <laughs> during this episode. Uh, but I'm just super impressed, you know, with uh, how um, how diversified um, is what you're doing and how many how many things it involves. And I, I think it's just a part of the gaming industry that doesn't, you know, have that much uh, visibility among people who are um, on the, like at the point of choosing the, the path um, in the future. So it's, it's great. We can talk about that. And speaking of the visibility in the industry, um, I just uh, would like to ask you about one woman from the industry, actually, um, who, you know, is doing marvelous job, wonderful things, and you think she might deserves more uh, deserve more recognition for the uh, work she's doing? It's gonna be Liz Beer that I used to work with in Ubisoft Reflections. Uh, she used to be um, content validator, and this is one of the jobs that is very much overseen and it's absolutely crucial. And it's very hard to find a person that's as great on it as Liz was. And Liz currently is a technical artist at Ubisoft Reflections. Oh, uh, so uh, yeah, it's very much deserved. And uh, she has so much technical knowledge, such a broad knowledge of like whole pipeline for how mm-hmm. assets are being created because she checks those assets. She was checking those assets at the end and saying, okay, this is not correct. This is not correct. This is not correct. This is correct. This is correct. And then giving the feedback to the artists. Just... Uh, not every studio has that role of content validator. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, uh, you can do this with software and that's what the studios do, but you always have a one. It's very good when you have a person at the end looking at it. Yeah. 
Yeah, this human touch is always something, you know, that what in the end will be the eye of the player who'll judge the, the quality as well. Exactly. So, you know, yeah. the perspective is super important. No. So, yeah, shout out to Liz and I hope uh, I'll have a you know, chance to chat with her as well because, to be honest, uh, the role that she had uh, prior to the role she's having now, it's uh, super rare, like you said, and that would be great to hear also about the experience and uh, that definitely deserves recognition because and respect because, you know, looking at the features and uh, validating them deserves probably, uh, sorry, uh, needs probably a constant uh, focus and attention mm -hmm. on, on the job, right? Yeah. So that's that's super important role. All right, so so um, to end our talk, uh, one more thing and one more question. Um, could you give uh, one advice to someone who would like to become a technical artist? Learn your math. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if you're in Poland, there is one month, at the fir this first month at sky in high school, when you have uh, logic notations and uh, mathematical notations. Remember that month? Because you're gonna use it for your whole life to read scientific papers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So now we have a very, um, very drastic selection <laughs> of people <laughs> dreaming about this. World, you know? No, that's uh, that's super useful because from the outside it might look like it's not really crucial, but you said that with such a confidence that I just want everyone to hear that. Learn your math, guys. You know, if you want to be in this. Yeah, world. at least you have to need to uh, be able how to read that because the, the how the scientific papers are being written they're not gonna give you a code uh, like an algorithm in the form of a code they'll give you a ma uh, mathematical equations with mathematical notations and okay. that will make your life easier if you can read that because you don't have to think about it yourself <laughs> Mm, yeah, that's. Uh, I think that's a huge advantage in the in the future. So yeah, definitely thing to remember and the food for thought to uh, take away from uh, from this episode. So, um, Alexandra, thank you for being here and for sharing your stories. And I wish you all the best. No burnouts. Um, plants that grow up to the sky <laughs> and dogs that are running happily with you outside. You know, without the screen time. Uh, like above. The, the healthy uh, healthy dose of it during the day and wonderful to meet you and having you on the show thank you that's great thank you very much <laughs> <laughs>